Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I've picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. All right, another episode, and I am going, oh my goodness, I'm going warrior-like today. I have with me the waterline warrior, Amanda Hill. Amanda, how are you? I am great. I'm excited to be here with you today, Teresa. So people are like, what do you mean waterline warrior? Do waterlines need defending? What's going on here? So we'll get into that in a sec. But I I am so excited because she's going to talk about waterlines. She's going to talk about some biofilms, and biofilms are icky, but very important. And then we're going to go into curiosity. And that actually is going to be a lot of fun. So stick around for all of the topics. Uh, So Amanda and I actually have some history. It's pretty funny. When I started seeing her pop up on social media, I was like, wait, I know that girl. And then I think I sent you a message that was like, did you by chance work up in this area? And and it turns out we worked together, right? We did. We did. And and it was like 18 years ago. (laughs) Yes. Yes, because yes. you had your daughter, right? Yeah, you had just I had, had my, your daughter, I had I think, my youngest, yeah. uh, and and she's eighteen now, and she was a baby, baby, baby. Um, so crazy. Yeah, and we lived up in D.C. for two years. My husband was stationed there, and so I worked at your office, very part time, like a day a week, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Me too. It was perfect. Yeah, because I yeah I was I was starting to transition starting out to of the office at that point, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I just remember like there was I remember Jean said she has a lot of energy. <laughs> because you do ah, you have an awful lot of energy I still have I that like, same energy <laughs> yeah and I'm like okay as long as it's not before nine o'clock because you know <laughs> there's just two oh, speeds yeah. of people in the it office it probably right? was yeah <laughs> <laughs> we probably figured it out right because I didn't go like oh that girl so I think we must have figured it out at some point so. right yeah so, um so it's so funny the the dental world is so small and it's it's just good to run into you again and then when I look at what you speak, you're speaking on, I was like, okay, she's a hygienist, so she's probably speaking on hygiene things, like you know, scalers and all that kind of stuff. But no, you're talking about one of my favorite topics because it's just so blah, gross and all that is biofilms and water lines. So for those of us front office people who are like, why do I care about this? Tell me why. Tell me why we care about this. Do you know why you care? You care because the water that we squirt into patient's mouth, right? We Uh know that that creates aerosols because, you know, COVID taught us about aerosols, right? I promise you, aerosols did not show up with COVID. They were there long before (laughs) COVID, right? But initially we thought when we, you know, COVID aerosols, oh my gosh, the COVID's going to be flying everywhere. We're, you know, we're doomed, death and destruction. No, (laughs) amazingly, dental offices were not like ground zero, right? What we learned, and the Ohio State study did, or Ohio State University did an amazing study where they actually captured the aerosols that are created during aerosol generating procedures. And then they figured out what was in the aerosols, okay? And what they found was that 76, 78, uh, I forget the number, 7% of aerosols 
come from our dental unit water lines. And oh. 0% came from aerosolized saliva. They even had a COVID-positive patient in the study. So this is why we didn't become like this ground zero. But what this means is the aerosols that we are generating during aerosol generating procedures from our air water syringe, from our power scaler, from our hand pieces, that's what not only is the clinician breathing, but you up at the front desk, that's what you're breathing. And what other uh. studies show us is that dental professionals, including you, my friends, hanging out in the front, we have a higher prevalence of Legionella antibodies because Legionella likes to live in the biofilm and dental unit water lines, and that's what we're breathing, and so that's why you care. Gosh, I knew this was going to be disgusting, but I'm so, like, interested. Let's keep going. So, all right, so like a, you're telling me- It's like a bad so, movie. You're like, okay, popcorn, please. I know. <laughs> and I actually, I love horror movies, but this somehow is so real. It's so horrific. So if I get my teeth clean and she pulls out the trusty Cavatron, are you yep. telling me- that I walk back up front with my hair full of whatever. Is that yep. what you're telling me? Oh, God. Well, not even that. Like, those are droplets. <laughs> those are actually different than aerosols because those fell okay. in your hair. But yes, okay. I mean, those could certainly be virulent too. This is just Ugh. in the air. This is like that we don't see it. It's the, you know, it's, but but we all know, like, everybody watched the new OSAP If Saliva Were Red video, right? Did you watch the new one? I, I haven't heard about, I haven't seen the new one, but I heard about it. So they redid the video. They and redid it. It's so good. I was at OSAP at the end of January and they debuted it. It's so good. But anyway, so that you see like droplets. You don't even really see aerosols, but I promise you the aerosols are there. But the oh, really no. super good news and the thing that as a waterline warrior makes me feel like, oh, like so powerful is that we know those aerosols are coming from the dental unit water lines. So if you treat, maintain, and test your dental unit water lines... You're clear. You're good to go. No problem. Okay. That's good because I'm ready to put on like a, a bubble and be like the bubble boy all right. through my office, right? right? We don't and then need having to squeegee my bubble, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But somebody so, has to do it. You have to do the work. Now, the, the, if saliva was red, I will find the new one and, and link it in the show notes so everybody can see it. And actually, the old one was terrifying. So, I mean, honestly, oh, the, totally. the new one, the new one's worse. Yeah. It's worse terrifying. Oh, really? Like because you aren't distracted by you aren't distracted all by all like the weird stuff like from the seventies and you're like, oh, that's so seventies. Now you're like, oh, now you're really just honing in on what's happening. <laughs> okay, so cleaning the water lines. Who okay. typically does that? And if you have a favorite product, please put it out there because we need to know like what is the best product to use for this. Absolutely. So typically in your office, it's either going to be your, you know, your infection control coordinator, hopefully you have one, should be in charge of this. Does that, does that mean your infection control coordinator is doing it? No, because he or she could appoint a waterline warrior because, you know, one person can't do all the things. So <laughs> I learned about all of this um, as a hygienist. I, in fact, when I moved, actually, no, it was the second time I moved to D.C., so sorry, not the time that okay. you and I lived worked together the next time we moved to dc my husband's in the military i had come back from germany came back did my annual infection control training like everyone's supposed to do right we all gotta right. do that infection control training right listeners yeah. yeah right everyone right <laughs> so i was doing my annual infection control training and louis de paula do you ever hear louis de paula speak yeah he's that a, name he's is really a dc yeah. guy i think yeah, he lives yeah. in baltimore anyway 
he mentioned water lines. And I was like, what? What are you talking about, water lines? Like, yeah, we flush our lines, but I just thought we did that. Funny enough, back in hygiene school, one of my hygiene instructors told us that uh, one time when she was flushing her lines for 30 seconds in the morning, which you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do, a spider Mm -hmm. crawled out. So I thought we flushed lines for spiders. Like, that's what I thought we were doing. No, we're actually doing it for biofilm people. I'm really now disgusted that that a spider crawled out. I know, right? Yeah. So, but this was before biofilm existed or we knew about biofilm. It was going to say. Like the aerosols. Right, right. (laughs) Like the aerosols. They were together. We just didn't understand them. So, so I heard, I heard Louis DePaula say, like, you got to do your water lines. And I was like, okay, I don't think my office is doing this. So, you know, perkily, bubbly, hopped back into the office the next day with all my energy and said, hey, are we doing anything with our water lines? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this on. So I, as the hygienist, took it on. And thankfully, my dentist was totally on board. I will tell you, I get messages from hygienists and assistants all the time that say, my dentist won't let us do the water lines. Dude, don't (gasps) be like that. Oh, my gosh. You have to do this. And we're going to talk about why. Okay. So I started to do it. I did some research. I figured out what I needed to do. And so the real... The, it, it's pretty easy and it's kind of fun and sciencey. So if you've never, ever, ever treated your water lines, and this is news to you, and don't feel bad because, again, it was news to me, you're going to have to shock your lines. And what that means is that's using a really strong disinfectant to kind of blast through all the biofilm that has formed in your teeny, teeny, tiny dental water tubing. Because that's, that's why biofilm shocking. forms. Shocking. It's called shocking the water line. Okay. okay. Shocking the water lines. It's like we shock a hot tub or we shock a pool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of just to get all the bacteria. Oh, I right. wish gonna... I knew. I wish I knew about the hot tub, but I don't. I wish I actually I did know about right. it. People tell me these things. <laughs> so because our water lines are so teeny tiny, biofilm likes to grow. It's the same as like how biofilm grows in a periodontal pocket. You know, you get that nice deep pocket. It's like that sure. nice warm area and the biofilm's just having a little party. Same in our dental unit water lines. Okay, so it grows there. So we ha- first we shock. So there's lots of shock products on the market. Some have you do it overnight. Some have you do it for 30 minutes. Some have you do it for 10 minutes. It just all Ugh. depends on what you want to do, but you have to read the instructions for use. So make sure you follow Okay. It. Okay. Like when I started, I used bleach. Diluted bleach, not straight bleach. Stra- okay. Follow the instructions for use. Super yeah, easy. Yeah, because all the tubes minutes. are gone. <laughs> right? All the tubes are gone and all of your gaskets and fittings are now, right. you know, don't do that. <laughs> Definitely follow the instructions. <laughs> so you can use something as simple as bleach. You can use lots of different companies have products. There's Liquid Ultra by Crosstex. There's uh, ADEX sells ICX Renew. That's a okay. shock product. So you can even do like hypochlorous tablets. Oh, for my super biologic friends, you can use your ozone water to shock something okay okay something to shock then once you shock then you're going to need to test your lines okay because you want to know that your shock did its job now Mm -hmm. i don't recommend that you test like you shock and then you test because you will pass because it's sort of like Uh, all you're testing is the shock right right i want to know does the biofilm grow back so i like to wait a week and then i like to test my very favorite tests are the quick pass by pro edge and the okay. reason I love it is because you can do it in office, so I can do it secretly. So if I fail, no one knows. I can fail in <laughs> silence. So I it's don't not like reported to, fail to anything, right? Right. Like right. You're not it's not shamed. connected to like Big Brother at the CDC. Anyway, 
So when I started, I used a little quick pass. It's great. You can do pool sampling in your operatory, but you need to test every single line. Just like when you shock, sorry, I didn't mention this. You're going to shock, you're going to run your shock product into every single line. So hand paint, okay. air water syringe, power scaler, air polisher, anything that gets water needs to get right. that shock treatment in it. And then anything that gets water needs to be tested. But you can do a pooled sample. So you can use one test and you can test the whole operatory, not the whole office, just the whole operatory. That operatory. Okay. That one operatory. Because then if you fail, pretty much the whole thing failed anyway because the biofilm is there, right? Sure, sure. If you fail, shock again. I really like if you fail again and you fail bad, do a three-day shock. I don't have science behind this, but... Use whatever product you're going to use, but you do it three days in a row. And th- what I like about that is the first day in my head, you get off like that protective layer of biofilm. Okay. And the second day, you get to that virulent layer of biofilm. Because I know I know this in patients' mouth. Like, I know how this works in their mouth, so it has to be the same. And then that third day, you get the dead biofilm because dead biofilm is food for live biofilm. And oh. then you're usually in a really great place. Like, then you're going to pass. Oh, see, I'm just picturing like that green dude from the Mucinex commercials. Yep. That's like like gobbling around. Like I just picture uh-huh. him running up and down the water lines. Like, hey, that's this looks what he's good. doing. Hey, this looks good. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Totally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so we shock and then we test and then once you know you're doing good, you've tested, you're clear. Then you need to come up with a maintenance program. And so that's usually okay. a maintenance product every day. And the reason that. We do that is that's sort of a low level antimicrobial that's going to keep the biofilm down. It's not necessarily going to okay. keep you totally in the clear, but it's going to keep it so it doesn't get bad. So right. there's okay. lots so there's of always great products be. on the market. Yeah. There's always going to be those in there. So. A beast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay, yeah. let me, let me, I had a couple questions. So yeah. you shock the system. I don't, do I want to be the next patient the next day, the first patient of the day after you shock a system? I mean, oh, does that yeah. make it? That's probably different. the cleanest water ever. It's probably the cleanest. Okay, like so, yeah. I'm not gonna like taste all of that stuff because you're running the the no, you're air water syringe and, and everything. And flush you're gonna flush, flush and flush okay. and flush. Yep. Okay, so that actually might be a good thing. Okay, yep. and then are there times when you shock and shock and it's just hopeless? Like the lines are just yeah. hopeless. Have you run into that? Yeah, I have run into that, and it's usually there's usually some underlying issue. So it can be one of a few things. One, it could be that you have a dead leg. And what a dead leg is, is it's a line that maybe a long time ago you guys used to hook a handpiece to, but now nobody really does. That has become like the biofilm harbinger because water hasn't run through it in forever. And that's like the source. So if you have a dead leg, call your rep and have them cap it off so that it's not going back into your system. Is that good general practice anyways? Like if you're not it's using very it, good general just practice. do that? Like in what yep. period of time? Because I know sometimes operatories stand open, like if you're trying to fill yeah. a spot or whatever, like what period of time should you cap it? There's a study by Barbeau that shows that the dental unit water lines can grow. So safe dental unit water is 500 colony forming units. That's what we drink. That's what the EPA says. That's safe drinking okay. water, 500 colony okay. forming units. There's a study that shows that untreated water so you, you have no antimicrobial going through it, can go up to 200,000 colony-forming units in just five days. Gross. So it's fast. Like, you can't even be like, oh, we have a new office. It's only been a year. No, pretty much it can grow. Is it going to grow? Maybe not. Is it going to grow the bad stuff? I don't know. But 
it's going to grow. Right, right. There's no reason to take a chance. I mean, this is... Right. You exactly. might as well do it. Exactly. If you're in the habit of doing it, just, just do it. So yeah, just do it. Okay, so... Now, if your office so, is closed down for two weeks... Okay. So let's say you go on vacation, right? You're closed for two weeks. You probably need to go ahead and do a shock before you reopen. Two weeks is kind of the threshold. Well, so sure, because if you're closed you're like just for growing. five days, yeah, you're probably fine. Just flush. Make sure you flush your lines. You're probably just fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of all the people that are closed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's three days, right? So they're okay. Totally. It yeah. sounds like they should okay. be fine. They should be fine. Because but longer than that, they're using a, a maintenance product because you have that low level antimicrobial that's hanging out in the line. So that could be a tablet, a straw, or a liquid. Um, there's lots of different products on the market. Um, and I really like a straw because you, you put it in that little uptake tube in your water bottle and then you can forget about it um, uh-huh. as long as you're continually passing waterline tests. The okay. tablet is handy because you can just drop it in. One thing I love, ProEdge makes a blue tab. And one thing I really love about it is you, you put it in your water bottle and you let it dissolve and then you hook it in. And if it starts to get bubbly or your patient's like, it tastes a little funny, it actually is designed to do that to let you know, hey... I'm coming into contact with some biofilm. It's probably time oh. to shock. So it's a little like, oh. te- like it's kind of a little sign. You're because you can't see any of this stuff, right? Right, right. Yeah, sure. Right, right. So what I like to liken when I talk about shocking and I talk about maintenance or treatment, right? Mm-hmm. I like to liken it to a hygiene visit. So think about your periodontal maintenance patient that comes in, right? Mm-hmm. We see that patient mm-hmm. every three months. We get in there, you know, we do some great instrumentation, power scaling. Maybe we do some subgingival air polishing. Like we do all of those things, right? To get into the nooks and crannies to really shock the mouth, right? Get it Uh back to a better state. But we would never say to our patient, hey, for the next three months, you don't need to brush or floss or water pick or use perioprotectorase or anything because I'm so good at what I do. You're good. (laughs) Right? We wouldn't say that because it's bio, right? Right, right. right. It's the same with our water lines. So we shock. To like really get that good periodontal maintenance visit, but we maintain, we brush and floss and water pick and all those things. We do that okay. to keep the biofilm down. So that's why you need okay. to do both things. Wow, but the key this is... is testing. Wow. You gotta test. Right. Because right. if you are like you've decided that grandma's pickle juice has medicinal miracle properties and that's what you're running <laughs> through your water lines, don't do that. I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> But, I can just imagine. <laughs> right? I, somebody, somebody out there. I know you Somebody are. has um, their own homemade mix, yeah. Right? Somebody <laughs> has it. You have to test to see if it's working. That's sort of why I love Waterlines. It's like you get feedback. Like, oh, this is working. Oh, this is mm-hmm. not working. Wow. It, so OSAP recommends that when you start your Waterline journey, you test monthly. And then mm-hmm. after you pass for two consecutive months, you're doing good, you can move okay. to quarterly testing. So test every quarter. And that's enough to let you know that what you're breathing, what your patients are breathing, what we're all doing is safe. Because I know this sounds like busy work, and I know that there's people out there like, oh, come on. I've been a dentist for 30 years, or I've been a uh, front desk person for 45 years, and we've never killed anybody. What I want to tell you is this. (laughs) Because, right, we say those things, right? I mean, we We said that during the AIDS epidemic, right? We're like, really? I got to wear gloves? Right? Right? So... (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So while, while, while absolutely this is rare, it has actually happened that real, real people have been harmed. And not just like, I need a Band-Aid harmed. Significantly affected, even died, from contaminated mm-hmm. water lines. And in fact, the CDC just put out a health advisory network alert 
which is they've never done it for dentistry before. So this is a big deal Uh-oh. that there's a the third cluster in the U.S. has happened where a bunch we know children. We don't know where a bunch of children have been sickened by contaminated dental unit water lines. Oh, geez. All right. So that's and all so, we need is for the media to get a right? hold of that. Yeah. Right. And it's going to happen. We're going to hear about it really soon. And th- there's a case in Anaheim where 202 kids got pulpotomies, baby root canals, right? Oh. And they were sickened by Mycobacterium abscessus. And not really? just like, again, like, oh, you're home from school. No, I'm talking like abscesses where it ate away part of their jawbone. They lost permanent teeth. Oh, they, I mean, well. Their hearing is affected because of the antibiotic that they had to have, which then, you know, affects their hearing. And, right, and this right. is the biggest thing that I want you to remember, like stick in your head. For those that say I've never sickened anybody, the symptoms in the Anaheim case in those 202 kids, the symptoms showed up between one, one day after treatment, and 409 days after treatment. You're kidding me. What is it doing incubating for that long? Like what because is going it chills. on there? It's an opportunistic bacteria. So it hangs uh, out in our body, just like, I mean, there's so many things that are hanging out in our body that are just waiting sure. for the moment, right? It's sort of like, why was I exposed to COVID, but I didn't get it, right? It, right, right. It, it's just how my body processed it, right? Okay. So I think it's a lot like, you know, you, you, you know, you, you had that upset stomach and you're like, okay, was that the Thai food from last night? Or was that that car right. at Target? <laughs> like, where did I get it? This is the point. It's only because that case was so gigantic that they were able to yeah. track every single kid that walked into that office. That's what public health did. Public health in California mm-hmm. like took over. That they were able then to attach the kid at 409 days later back to that, back to that. So we might have sickened oh somebody. Goodness. I might have sickened somebody. But wow. we just didn't, we just didn't know how to contact trace it. We're getting way better at that now. Oh, geez. Yeah, this could really be a huge problem because I, I mean, yeah. I know a lot of doctors just, you know, when you talk about water lines, they're like, well, we brought a pill. And I right. mean, I think we do that. Uh, I, I think, think so. I, I don't know. When was the last time you ordered, you know, so-and-so? And yeah, I do that all the time at, at, for other inventory products. And they're just like, I don't know. I think we get um, I think we get the best price. I think we do this. So it, it is up to then the infection. Typically, it would be the infection control officer who handled that. And that's got to be something, managers, that we hold accountable. You know, when we talk to them about did they do their job and all, it's got to be part yeah. of that because that's the health of our, our patients that we're looking at. And, um, and you okay. and your health too. Oh sure, yeah. Because I'm already yeah. disgusted that I'm walking right. around and getting all that in my hair. And, like, and I think that every office should tell your patients you're doing this. Be like, hey, pass another waterline test because that way, when they hear that Dateline show, that's going to tell us about the people oh, that the dentist killed. It's definitely right? coming. Yeah. <laughs> like your patients could be like, oh, oh, I already know my office does that. Right. Right. No, that's, that's a really good topic. That's. I mean, if you're looking for a blog article. Or a video for your website, an Instagram post, like, you know, just have the the infection control officer holding up the water lines and like doing our regular shock treatment. Yeah. And people, you should see Amanda's holding up hers, you know, so even though she's not in test, a dental office right now. I have a test right paddle now, right here in my hand. Yeah. Show them yeah, your look clean at test her. paddle. She's, be like, you really are a warrior. Look at you, that you're wielding that like a sword. <laughs> it's hilarious. Now, this makes me think. What about all those people that work in dental offices? And I know I used to be one. I would go out to get lunch and walk out in my scrubs and all that kind of stuff. What do you feel about that? Because I see that all the time. And I'm always like, ew, did you just come from surgery or something? So I did it too. I did it too. I I mean, I would come home with like profi paste in my hair. And I didn't really give it a lot of thought. Right? I know. And then you're like, hey, And now I'm like, talking to your kid. And yeah. (laughs) Uh They come home and hug on you. You know, they're licking you and 
<laughs> like you're a human tissue and what well what is all over you yeah which which is why we're supposed to you know have things laundered at the office which right. i know is another infection control you know oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah i mean when you think that watch if saliva were red and then you'll think a little harder about like oh let me just go home and and see my family and let them use oh me as a tissue gosh. oh it's awful okay now another uh infection control item that people don't want to hear this but they have to hear this talk to I'm me sorry. about fake nails in the office like oh. like because Nobody yeah. wants to listen to me. They're like, but my nails and I, you know, I wear gloves I all the time and I deserve to have pretty nails. And I'm going, I know. No. And then the front office people who have to like step in when someone's sick and they just got a manicure and they're all upset because now they got to wear gloves. But if they, I even know. if they do wear gloves, there's still stuff and gunk and all that. So tell me about all the, the, the stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I want pretty nails. I wish you could see mine right now. So yeah, ugly. Yeah. So my ugly. nails are chipping. Uh, no, hers look fine. Have... Actually, I'm the one with missing nails. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because I don't have anything on my nails. So I would love to have pretty nails. But what I know, I when you know, you know, and it's it's just yeah. not good. There is really good data out there, and there's really good stories from dental professionals that have gotten like serious infections because something has gotten you know underneath that nail and then festered. And let me tell you, if you one time I actually got an infection in a finger and I have never gotten with a specialist so fast in my life because apparently if you get an infection in your finger, it goes to your brain really, really fast. And I had the infection and was in surgery within two days because they're like, oh, we don't mess around with fingers. I was like, really? I didn't know that. Why such a direct path to the brain? I have no idea. I'd have to talk to a hand surgeon. But man, that hand surgeon was like, wow. Okay. got you. And I was like, okay. Because, you know, normally they're like, oh, cancer, whatever, we'll see you in three months. You're like, but the cancer's growing. No, not fingers. No, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So not only can you get hurt, but then you can pass that on to your patients. So, yeah, I mean, the nooks and crannies of nails and things like that, like that's that's the number one, like, infection control pathway is our hands. Even though we have the gloves on, because mm-hmm. seriously, cover one day, just cover your gloves in, like, I don't know, ketchup, because, man, would that right. be fun, like, super red. And try to take off your gloves without getting oh, it all no. over your hands. No, no, you can't. I mean, even I, I mean, it's just, they need, like, a glove hook on the wall or something right? to, to do that. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. And But then, of course, it would break and it would go off. It's just exactly. disgusting. It wouldn't work. So It wouldn't work. Now, what about regular nail polish? Regular nail polish? Or, like, they say like just regular? Like it a, should be just clean nails. They just say it should coat. be. I I'm, I I hear you. I'm with you. I I want to be pretty. I really want but, to be pretty. <laughs> what if I What if I chew my cuticles? Like I mean, I don't, but I do know a lot of people. Oh, that I do. do. I do. Look, I got problems. Oh, you do. Okay, so I know one right now. <laughs> so bad. I'm so, so bad. So what about that? What about that? It's that's a pathway for bacteria. So I have this one oh open gosh. cuticle right now, and let me tell you. We know that our gloves have micropores in them. Sorry, friends. Your gloves are actually yeah, not a force yeah. field. We want to pretend like they're a force field. Not uh, so much uh. a force field. And so we know there's tiny little holes. And so we know little things get in. And then we know we already talked about how we take off our gloves. Like your best defense is not PPE. It's actually intact skin. What if I like doused my fingers in like anti antibiotic cream? Like, uh, you know, like whatever that's called, the, the sure, stuff, you, bacitracin, okay, so whatever. Now, now we could go on a whole different tangent of antimicrobial resistance. Do you want to go there? Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. 
but I just want to have pretty nails. Okay, so you're telling me forget it. So now so, if I'm up so front. So this is what I'm telling you about the pretty nails. Okay. I learned this from Michelle Strange, who is one okay. of my infection control buddies. Um, and when she goes to like a meeting and she wants to look pretty and cute and girly, she buys those really cool like pre-polished like glue-on press-on nails. And she puts oh. them on to be cute yeah. and pretty and girly. And then before she goes back to work clinically, she pops them all off. Those are actually better than they used to be. Yeah, they're so, way better. It's not Lee Press that. on Nails. No, yeah. no, because, but you know what? During COVID, when Zoom was going on, like, I was like, oh, this is a good time to check it. And, like, literally, it looked like I had a manicure all the time. And the girl that does my manicure, I've been seeing her for like 10 plus years. She was like, you're killing me. I was like, I, they're pretty. Like, and nobody can tell on camera. I so, uh, right? okay. So that's a good, that's a good option. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe. Now, so. <laughs> Okay, say I'm up front. I do have a manicure because I never thought I was going to go. I have a full staff. Suddenly the full staff disappears for whatever reason. Right. I do have to go and assist. Do I then take a brush to my fingers before I go home? Like how, like, or do I just go, okay, God be with me? Like, <laughs> what do I do? It maybe, maybe a mix of both. Do a seriously good hand wash. And that's the thing. Okay. Most of us are not really actually good at a good serious hand wash. Like, you know, we talk about like the 20 to 30 seconds, you know, making sure you're getting in between your fingers, making sure you're, you know, really getting all over the hands. Yeah. Go ahead and use the little brush around your fingernails just to make sure okay. uh, the likelihood that then, you know, your immune system is open to the pathogenic bacteria and all of those things. Pretty low, but it could happen. But don't they teach this in hospitals? Because I swear some of the techs I've run into, some of the phlebotomists, yeah. I mean, they've got these big old nails and they're like three inches long and i want to know how they floss like how do you floss with that i want to know how they go to the bathroom let's just go there like what the heck is going on there maybe they have a bidet maybe they have a bidet yeah okay well let's see if they don't i anyway so so (laughs) do they not take the same classes we do of course they do let's walk around dentistry and look at people's fingernails we're not listening Because many of us are far more powerful, we think, than the bacteria and the biofilm. And sadly, I have news for you that we are not. Well, for sure, all of our patients think they're more powerful. And that's why we're in business. So maybe we should take that hint, right? Right, right. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you are on this crusade because I'm I'm so disgusted now. Like, I'm just, ugh. I love going back to my old office to see people, to see my old boss. And now I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll just zoom in every now and then see what's going on. Exactly. I don't know if I need to be there. Although I'm sure he's doing it. Can I see a waterline test before I show up? Like, are your aerosols safe? (laughs) That is what, you know what? I'm going to text him afterwards and say, hey, I was just talking to our old friend Amanda. She wants to know. Had me shocked lately. That's what I want to know. So I just want to know, have you tested? Have you tested lately? That's. That's, I mean, if you only take one thing from this entire podcast is you have mm-hmm. to test your line. So many people are like, oh, but the rep said we could put the straw in and we're good for a year. Mm, and I love I my reps. Know. I love them, love yeah. them, love them. But, you know, they don't get the training that we do. And they, you know, they get what the company, you know, the company wants you to sound as easy as possible. So you're by their product. For sure. But for sure. No matter what product you pick, you have to test and you need to test at minimum quarterly to make sure that your lines are safe because that biofilm will get bad fast. Like my clinical office, the office that, you know, I go to, the office that, you know, I was a hygienist in for a very long time. We just failed a waterline test. It happens. Wow. And, and yeah. I'm the waterline warrior. <laughs> it totally happens, but we know it and we knew it quickly because we're testing. And so I was in there Monday, shocking lines. 
uh, to make sure that we were safe. So you just came back from the OSEP conference. So new um, If Saliva Was Red video. Yep. Um, anything else that you think we don't know enough about other than the whole conference, I'm sure. But is there anything yeah. else? Yeah, the whole conference is amazing. And frankly, and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to know these things, the recordings will be available from February 13th to April 14th. February 13th, okay. April 14th. You can watch OSAP. all of this stuff. OSAP. Go to OSAP.org. Sign up for the boot camp and you can watch the videos. One okay. thing that freaking blew my mind, blew my mind, was the first okay. day they had an antibiotic stewardship course. They had a dentist. They had an infectious disease doctor. Uh, there was a couple dentists. Anyway, and they were all talking about antibiotics. And they were talking about pre-medding and how we prescribe antibiotics and yeah. what we should and shouldn't do. And they had the science. Like, they didn't have the, you know, because... Between the American Academy of Orthopedics and the, you know, American Academy, uh, you know, the dentistry, you know, all that. Okay. The rules have changed so often that as Every, a clinician, wh- it feels haphazard. You're like, you're making crap up now. Oh, it's whiplash. I mean, do we yeah. pre, do we do it for our knees? Do, do we, we do it for replacements? At one point right. there was right. conversation about if you just had breast implants done, should you do right. that? I mean, yeah. so it's all yeah. over the place. So just for somebody who's brand new to dentistry is antibiotic overprescription a huge thing in our industry okay that's i just want to set the tone because i'm sure some people are like what are you, what is she upset about okay so go ahead yeah this is big because so often uh, i'm sorry to say this guys i mean don't shoot you know we uh, have a cya mentality of course a, yeah cover your hiney mentality mm-hmm. oh i'll prescribe them just in case we have this just in case mentality well what has happened this just in case mentality has caused us to start to run out of antibiotics that work. And what that then happened, what happens, you're like, okay, is that a big deal? Yeah, it's actually a really freaking big deal because then things like C. diff, colostrum difficile, however we say that, right? This hospital-acquired infection that we often hear about that lives everywhere. It is in your house. It is on your desk. It is everywhere, right? Uh But when that opportunistic pathogen that we've talked about when you don't have antibiotics that are going to kill that, it's going to kill you. Mm, and we're actually okay. losing people. There was a dentist that spoke. Amazing. She had a C. diff infection. Um, and she almost died. And, and lucky enough, she was smart enough. Yeah. So she had to go into the hospital and go on an, an IV antibiotics, like super strong stuff, right? to be yeah. able to to get this C. difficile. Now, the problem is C. difficile starts out as like this the worst case of diarrhea that you've ever had in your in your life and oh, then the first thing, thing your doctor's going to do is hand you um, an anti-diarrheal and that's actually going to kill you so oh, if you wow. don't realize that it's c diff right away and get it treated right away anyway wow. we need to slow okay. down our antibiotic role and what they said at this conference and and seriously i encourage you to, to check it out it was so good what they said at this conference was that first off we should never prescribe clindamycin again stop really clindamycin is not anyone's friend and that has caused a lot of this C. diff stuff. Now, often we say clindamycin if you're allergic to penicillin, right? What we mm-hmm. also learned at this conference was, I think it was, I don't have my notes, but I think it was 90, 96, 98% of the people that say they have a penicillin allergy don't. My husband's one really? of them. Yeah. He just recently, in fact, got retested because as a, like a three-year-old, you know, something happened. And so then it's on his chart. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. yeah. So- it's very rare, actually, to have a penicillin allergy. We say a lot of people do. 
Oh, interesting. Get tested to see if you actually legit have a penicillin allergy. And the reason this matters is because if you have a penicillin allergy, they will not give you, you know, that family of penicillins, amoxicillin. And then Mm -hmm. you go to a second tier antibiotic. So think about that. If you have an infection, do I want second tier or do I want first tier? Yeah, you want to see if you can get it done with the first tier, right? So you don't have to go up a level. Right. So check that. Interesting. Ask your patients. There's some great, there was some phenomenal information that they had little sheets that tear off sheets that you can order for free and get information to hand to your patients about here check you know have your have your penicillin allergy checked and then they really talked about the hardcore information about when to premedicate and when also to just prescribe antibiotics for like you know third molar removal my daughter got her third cell they gave her Uh an antibiotic just in case right uh okay we do it we do it just in case so now they're saying, write the script, but tell the patient to wait. So here's your script. You got it. So they're not going to call you at 2 a.m. because that's also part of the conversation. Like, I don't want to do <laughs> right. <with> it. <laughs> right? So instead, here's the script. Wait. And if you see these signs, then go ahead and fill it. But if you don't uh-huh. see these signs, don't fill it. Because this is about you, the patient. Every time you put that, you know, antibiotic in, that is lowering, you know, your anti- antibiotic resistance. I like to say, I thought of this at OSAP. You know how a long time I, I talked about PPE. We we like to pretend like PPE, you know, our mask and is like a yeah. force field, right? Right, like, right. We're going into battle when really PPE is our last line of defense. So we shouldn't yeah. see sick patients, you know, all of these things, right? We're we've done the same thing with antibiotics. We've made it like the first thing we go to. Oh, have a scratching throat. Let me take a Z pack. I know. I used to travel with a Z pack just in case. Me too. <laughs> just in case. Yep. Just in but, case. What is that, like, what's the after effect then for you when you do have a thing? Right, You do have right. a true, true, true infection. The antibiotics aren't going to do the job for you. Well, and see, I've looked into this for myself because I, I had adult acne. My teen years, I was not acne cursed. And then I was like, oh, this is great. And then te- and then my 20s happened, my son happened, and all of a sudden they tell it's... me then adults have acne. I'm like, really? Right. You couldn't have just warned me? So I have been on... Well, I'm not anymore, obviously, but I was on antibiotics for probably 10 years. I did it too. And then, and what ended up happening is, you can't really see it on the video, but if you're in person with me, my two front teeth have a little bit of a line of radiolucency. So there's a, there's a line there. And that's really the only, like when we investigated that, my doctor was like, my dentist was like, how long have you been on these antibiotics? Because he didn't prescribe them. I was like, right. "Uh, and it turns out that's exactly when it was. And it was actually my my best friend who used to be an assistant was like, what's going on with your teeth? I was like, I don't know. Maybe they're getting thinner. I don't know. And she's like, no, something's wrong with your teeth. That, you you know, you got to have friends like that. So right. that's what started oh, that me looking started at it. And looking. I was like, you know what? You're right. They are starting to look like the hair's a line there. And there's unless I get veneers, it's, I'm not going to be able to fix it. But I don't really. I mean, it's fine. I'm married. My husband loves me. It's fine. Right. Um, right. And then I Stuck have a story now. Right. But yeah. yeah. So but but I definitely realized then I was like, uh oh, I've been on this a long time. And although my my face looked great now, you know, and so then, you know, other things had to happen. But but we used to get prescriptions, give prescriptions to patients, like you said, and they would um, just take them because they didn't also want to wake up with an infection. So they would just take Uh them. So, you know, it is it's kind of a cascade effect, like you tell them to hold on to it, but they're not. They're going to go get it. And so you have to have that conversation with them about 
antibiotic resistance and all of that. So absolutely. Yeah. So the 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 form I was talking about, I just found it on my desk. It's from the okay. Michigan Dental Association, and it's called Michigan Antibiotic Resistance Reduction Coalition (M A R R). And they have this okay. really I'll cool, link it. yeah, pull off sheet, and it explains mm-hmm. to the patient why you shouldn't do this. Like, so it really helps helps kind of because we we all got to get together and work on this because yeah, this is going to be a problem. problem. Like, this is actually like a world WHO like lot. This is an issue that we're running out of mm-hmm. antibiotics. Yeah, and we know that. I mean, any time travel show you watch, what do people take back in time with them? <laughs> Medicine. Knowledge, actually. Knowledge, yeah. though, too. But like, they take hey, antibiotics you know. because that's going to save a life. Well, if right. we use them up, then it's not going to be there to save our lives. Well, I would buy Apple. I would buy. I would take some antibiotics oh, totally. and buy Apple stock. How about 100%. that? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Let's segue into, because this all started because of curiosity. Like, I'm yeah. like fascinated. I'm curious. And you have a course that's very different than Waterline Warrior. Um, you were talking about curiosity, which is just let me preface this real quick, and then I want to dive into how you handle it. My coding educating colleagues and I lament the loss of curiosity in our admin people, because instead of going to find out the answer or reading the contract or doing this, they go straight to Facebook and then they get the answer from some knucklehead that thinks no, he knows what they he's get doing. An right? answer, not the answer. They get an answer. They, they get an answer. It's not <laughs> even an answer. It's like a lukewarm response and they think that's the gospel. It's terrible. It's not even coding. Like, can I need to run this report. Does anybody know how to do it? Well, yes, you have a whole help desk available to you. You have a whole website with tons of right. tutorials. You have YouTube for last resort, but you have to go and look for it. And And that seems to not be the norm. Nowadays, people just want it just shoved into their face. And then they'll I, take it from yeah. there. And I, it's it's a very frustrating, from a manager point of view, training somebody like that is, I just want to throw them out a window. I mean, honestly, yeah. like the whole thing of why can't you go two steps forward? Like, like think two steps ahead. And that is almost a, I don't even know how to explain that to somebody who doesn't already get it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, right. it's terrible. So you have a class on curiosity and I'm, I'm guessing because you noticed very similar things happening in your industry or in the world so is that i mean does did you get frustrated and come up with this or were you like you know we just need to be gentle and talk about this more like where where are you coming from with this this course like what prompted it so it actually started because i gave a commencement speech at a dental hygiene program and that's when i still had my podcast your dental top five and i was thinking Mm -hmm. about what are the top five traits a hygienist needs to have to be successful and the thing that i kept coming back to is curiosity everything that i thought of linked to curiosity. And if we are not curious, I'm going to tell you that you are going to burn out in life and you're going to be bitter and angry and just that person that nobody wants to be around because Uh you're not exploring. You're not opening your mind. And so, you know, we talk so much about burnout right now. And and a lot of what, what would solve the burnout issue is remaining curious. And so in this lecture, I go down five pathways and I talk about first being curious about yourself. Because you are the foundation for everything. So a lot of times we want to blame our circumstances on everybody else (laughs) around us, right? Right, right, right. Us hygienists might be a little known for that, acting a little (laughs) diva, maybe not taking responsibility. didn't say Sorry. I did not say it. it. I said it. I'm a hygienist. I said it. I worked with her. I know her. I know him. Right? So 
the idea is understanding who you are. I love like personality tests and I love, you know, understanding like Clifton strengths and disc and drivers and all of those things, understanding who I am, what fulfills me and how I can continue to, to feed my own self. So first understanding who you are. And that's not the same for everybody. That's different. Like we all do that different ways, right? right. And so then the next pathway is talk, thinking about being curious about our profession. So whatever profession you have, specifically in dentistry, always continuing to push our profession forward. So uh -huh. continuing to learn. Like for me, for, you know, dental hygiene, it would be probably being part of maybe my association to maybe get anesthesia passed in every single state or something like that, like pushing our profession yeah. forward. Because again, when we stagnate as a hygienist, I'm just scraping teeth, right? But I'm not uh -huh. just scraping teeth. Absolutely. It would be the same thing front desk, like you're just entering codes. No, you're not, yeah. right? We're protecting so the profitability of the practice, all of that. Yep. So much. So then that goes directly into education and that's continued learning. And, you know, that's one thing that I really want to, to I guess, harp on is the right word. Mm -hmm. But every single person in the dental practice should have the opportunity to continue to learn. Whether you need CE or whether you don't need CE, sure, I don't care sure. about your license. I want you to continue to grow and understand how to do this better. If I did hygiene the same way I did when I graduated from hygiene school in 1996, I would be doing everyone a disservice, right? <laughs> if, if you're still using the same codes, like I listened to your coding and I'm like, okay, new codes. We got to get these codes, right? <laughs> um, I know. It was really funny to get that message from you after the coding update. I was like, oh, check her out. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, okay, I got it. But, but you know, it's, and so... Everybody needs to continue learning. Again, that's going to help you not burn out, right? Being right, curious, right. continuing to learn, continuing to grow. And then the next pathway is being curious about our patients. And I am guilty of this. As a pleaser uh -huh. hygienist, as somebody who just wants everybody to like me, I, for a while, maybe didn't present treatment to patients because I was sure they'd say no. Yeah. Well, who yep. am I to assume that about right, them? Right, I wasn't curious about them. I was trying to save myself, right? Uh -huh. And so it talks about motivational interviewing, really trying to understand our patient's why. Each patient has a different why. And, and one pro tip that I love is we've actually started in my clinical office. You know, like any dental software, there's an alert that pops up. You know, usually it's like pre-med, right? Which we probably uh -huh. don't need to pre-med anymore, just so you know. But anyway, <laughs> so the alert pops up, right? So the alert pops up every time you click on that patient's name. And frankly, it gets annoying because it's in the way, right? Right. We have started to put our patient's why in that okay. and the reason that it's in the alert is because then everybody sees it and you don't have to go back for hygiene notes because nobody's going to find it and it gets lost super smart super smart yeah but if i understand mr smith's why is that like he will do anything to keep his teeth i know how to start every conversation with mr smith if i know this patient's why is really cosmetic i know how to start patients conversation um to nice. get them okay. the treatment that they need right and so it's a good awesome. pro tip. I then the I love pop up that. is yeah. actually helpful. We just click through click, these pop ups, click, don't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. edit the why as as it changes because it does change for our patients. So the last pathway to be curious about is be curious about your team members. Sure. And the reason why I think that one is so important is because not only do we spend a lot of time with our team, right? But yeah. we have might have I I'm gonna say I might have the tendency to avoid difficult conversations, <laughs> but. I will happily run up to Susan at the front desk and complain about Karen in the back because she's yeah. not pulling her weight in central sterile. Will I ever talk to Karen about it? No, I don't want to upset Karen. Yet, 
I am stirring the pot in our office and causing issues yeah. because now Absolutely. we're all going to gang up on Karen. And then that's not fair. And so right. I go through this method of how to have that difficult conversation, but how to do it in a way that's productive and helpful and elevates our practice. If I am a manager and I want to be more curious about my coworkers, how do you do that? I mean, are you just go to lunch with them, check, hang out with them? Like, I mean, how are you having those discovery conversations with them? One of my favorite things to do is truly, actually, when I talked about understanding yourself, is actually give everyone the opportunity to take some kind of assessment that helps them understand themselves. So whether that's a DISC okay. assessment, whether that's a Clifton Strengths, whether that's a Colby, but and then at a staff meeting, like debrief it and have everybody understand, like not only did and now I, I'm understanding myself, but now I'm uh -huh. understanding you. And now I know, oh, that's why you do that thing. Do not take any of those assessments as like then your escape clause to then be a jerkwad. The idea right. is that <laughs> it's it's to then understand how you behave and then maybe even like be able to, you know, kind of help somebody understand how their behavior affects everyone else. And so I think that's a great starting point is having a staff meeting and everybody doing an assessment and then talking about the assessment because they're not good or bad personality and we need all the personalities right. together. It's funny that you said that about the whole... Um... Don't use that as an excuse because because what I hear often from the D's and I, as a former very high DI and then after Noah came along, I realized I have no control over anything. I, I flipped actually to be a very high ID. So that's my flip happened. I think I'm probably still yeah. the same. But as when I was a high D, I recognized those signs. Right. And I would talk to doctors that would take these tests and be like, but you know how I am. I, I'm a high D. That's just how I roll. I'm like, no, because high D's are the only ones that are going to say that. Like they're they're going to they're say that. Stop say saying that. that. Like that doesn't mean that you like you said so eloquently. There's no excuse to be a jerkwad. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just no reason for it. So stop it. And and if you are a high D, there needs to be some understanding that that's the thing that makes things work around the office. But right? it's also you the most abrasive done. thing about you. But it is right. also the most abrasive thing about you. Yes. And you know I talked to people I work with. Before I had this switch and they were like, man, you were really hard to work with. But things worked well, but you were really hard to work with. And then after that, people are like, yeah, I was a good manager. You're a good manager. You know, it's very, right. the people who tell me I was really hard to work with, you can hear them. You were really hard to work with. <laughs> so it's a big switch there. Yeah. My dentist is a high C, mm -hmm. um, which means he needs so much freaking information before we can move forward on something. And yeah. seriously, yeah. it made like, first off, I thought he was doubting my intelligence because he's asking 75,000 questions. And you're like, dude, <laughs> stop asking questions. You hate me. You don't trust me. And it spirals into this thing. Now that mm -hmm. I understand this about him, I'm a little more patient with the questions, but I can also be like, dude, you're seeing too much. We need to make a decision. And so we can at least bring some light and awareness to it to say, OK, yeah, we have enough information. We're going to have to move on. And like with a D, you can be like, hang on, slow your roll, slow your roll for a second. I need to process this a little bit slower than you do. And it's, it's, it is interesting. So I think it's really good for a team to have that kind of meeting, yeah. whatever you decide. I mean, DISC, I, I liked and then I got away from it. I did try the, the Colby. I liked the Colby, but not everybody has the patience to do that. So, yeah. and, you know, some of them. And then I just talked to someone who did the, um, is it Enneagram? Enneagram. Enneagram. That one's an interesting Enneagram. one, too. Yeah. So Enneagram. I, I've never done that. And I keep telling, people keep telling me their numbers and I have no idea what they yeah. mean. So I guess I need to go I'm take an eight. one. 
Yeah. Okay. See, eat. see, that's what I mean. Everybody tells yeah. me their numbers, and I'm like, okay, that's good. So <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out what yeah. my number is. I've taken is. all um, of them because I find them so fascinating. But then I really understand myself better, and I can make yeah. better decisions based upon me as opposed to based on the people pleaser in me. But we're curious already. You and I are already very yeah. curious people. So know, how do right? you how do you teach someone to be curious? How do you encourage curiosity in this? And I mean, I'm just going to talk about. I don't know if you're. Uh, daughter is the same, but my son is curious enough to go to YouTube, but not curious enough to go out and learn a whole thing. Do you know what I mean? So how do I how do I work with this generation that is brought up with everything in their face? It's almost like they don't want to know things because there's so much coming right. at them. How do you right. how do you foster that? I think some of it is figuring out the within the what's in it for me because they mm. do tend to be a little what's in it for me, right? And so I just think it, a little. It, Lose the little. That's so little. And so similarly, it comes down to what I talked about with under, you know, being curious about our patients is understanding what their why is and what their driver is. Like, where are they headed? What is their, you know, do they have a goal or do they have and, and try to link it back? Maybe their goal is to be rich and live on a beach, right? Because <laughs> I think that's not most bad. of their goal right now, right? Not bad. Um, yeah. But you're not going to get there. If you just keep riding the coattails of YouTube, yes, you're going to get yeah. there by doing the work to be able to discover something or do something that somebody else hasn't done. And so really right. trying to always link it back to, you know, this is how you are going to improve your life. This is about you. Mm -hmm. This isn't about me needing you to understand how to do something. Yes, I could teach. I could tell you every single time how to do this. You're going to work more effectively and faster and maybe less hours. Maybe you you won't even have to work as much, which is what all of us want to not work as much. Imagine. Right? Yeah. Imagine. Right. <laughs> right. If you can get a little curious and have a little self-responsibility or is that a word? Anyway, <laughs> a little more responsibility Account for accountability. your Accountability. Maybe. Accountability. Yeah, accountability. Thank you. That's there the we word. go. Yeah. I knew where you were yeah. going with it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so trying to link it back to something that, that they can see that it's worth it as opposed to. You sound like Charlie Brown's mom, who's like, yeah, 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 because I get that. that's how we sound. Yeah, I know. I have my own. Yeah, I do sound like that sometimes, even to myself sometimes when right? I'm saying oh, the totally. same thing over and over again. Um, exactly. So with that, there is uh, just managers. I want to give you a tip. There's one thing I used to always teach managers was if you're training a new person, onboarding a new person, and you're the one who's sitting at the keyboard and doing all of the entries, you're not teaching them. You're no. just showing them, which is a very different thing than teaching them. I know that it stinks to have someone else control the mouse. And I know you're just standing over them going, click, click, that, that one. No, not that one. Yeah. So, but you have to do it because that's the only way they're going to learn. And and being a mentor, being a teacher is all about adjusting your expectations so that you can get them to where they need to be. And that, that I'm yeah. glad that you have a course like that. I think that's that's awesome. So you've already been getting booked for that course. Like it's already sparked some, um, yeah. some interest. And you had a you had a celebrity in your audience. You told me. I know. I got to give it at the ADA this past year mm -hmm. in Houston, and Gordon Christensen was in the audience. Oh my goodness! I was the like the Gordon Christensen. The Gordon so Christensen. For those of you who are like, who the heck is a what is a Gordon Christensen? Yeah, right. So for for us who've been in the industry a long time, Gordon Christensen pretty much like I have this joke about Gordon. That like he comes down from like Mount Dental, whatever, and he's carrying like the Ten Commandments of whatever he just wrote about in his clinical newsletter. And he comes down and there's hordes of dentists just going, what is the newest missive? 
Dr. Christensen, because they do, they they listen to his every word, everything yep. he says, everything he studies, and his wife is brilliant. Oh, yes. And then She's the a doctors take it. Oh. So brilliant. I like listening yes. to her. So, Me too. Um, so they, they say, okay, you should be doing this, and this is the clinical criteria for this, and all of a sudden, ba-bam, there, it is, it just is so. It's the gospel. <laughs> yeah. It right. becomes the gospel. Yeah. And it's the weirdest thing to me because, you know, and at first I was like, okay, this is really cool. And then as time goes on, I'm like, this is really weird. Like, yeah, he's kind of like the David Koresh of dentistry in a way, but with facts, <laughs> right? Totally. It's kind yes. of weird. I, and if he ever by any chance listens to this podcast, please don't take right. it the wrong way. I'm just talking about the behavior really of your followers. Like, right. it's just bizarre. So, but, but that's, but that's a big celebrity get in your Yeah, It, it was pretty class. exciting. So, so, and he didn't like. He didn't walk out. He didn't object. He wasn't just like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Go, nope. Well, look at that. Okay. All right. I'm going to take that as a seal of approval. That's I it. I think so. You should I be in so. the I'll, newsletter. I'll, you should I'll add it to my resume. <laughs> Taught a class that Gordon Christensen by Gordon didn't walk Christensen. out of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, Amanda, tell everybody how they can find you. Just anything that you want them to know about you. I just th- I think you're fabulous, and I hope people follow you on social media and all of that. So let's let's hear how to do that. Well, Teresa, I think you're fabulous too. Uh, just so oh, thank clear. you. But uh, I'm super easy to find. It's Amanda Hill RDH on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website is AmandaHillRDH.com. It's being redone, wow. and so soon there should be all my speaking programs up. But feel free to email me if you have speaking needs. I'm happy, happy to come and talk waterlines and curiosity and uh, all of those kind of things with you to really help elevate our profession because it's good what we do and we make a difference. I think that it's confusing too what we do. It's hard to stay up on all the science. So I was my goal is always to make continuing education accurate, accessible, and fun because we should have yeah. fun while we're learning. Well, I do hear that it's fun I for you. I, I hear your classes are fun and I can I can imagine it because if you bring that energy at nine o'clock in the morning where I'm just like, oh, get out of my face. If you bring that energy to the stage, you're going to be good. So it's just that for me at nine o'clock, nine oh one, we're good. But nine o'clock, nine oh one, there you go. Witching okay. hour is terrible. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I hope that you get a ton of new followers. And anytime you want to come back on, you are more than welcome. Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll book one right now on your calendar. <laughs> Thanks it's for be having a repeat me. Customer. Of course. So, and dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to me. I always appreciate the time you spend with me. We're all super busy, so thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.